God, source of all light, by your word, you give light to the soul. Let your spirit of wisdom and understanding guide us. As we hear your prophet Isaiah's words, open our hearts and minds to know the hope and love that you give us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Today's scripture reading is from Isaiah 2, 1 through 5. It can be found in the Sanctuary Bible on page 631 of the Old Testament. Listen now for God's living word. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and shall be raised all above all hills, shall stream to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their, plow, their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come let us walk in the light of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes. Open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action and guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. So this Advent season, we will be making our path toward Christmas with the prophet Isaiah as our guide. Now, in most Advent cycles, we follow the gospel stories through the season. And the prophet complements these stories that we'll be remembering along the way, stories that we often tell so we know uh, better than the stories the prophet tells during the Advent season. We know these stories like John the Baptist proclaiming that another will come, or when an angel speaks to Mary of her pregnancy, or when that angel turns to Joseph in a dream, or when an emperor declares a decree that a census be taken, and Mary and Joseph who make their journey toward Bethlehem to participate in that census. And there are shepherds who watch fields, there are magi that watch stars, all as we wait for love to come on that Christmas morning. Now the story that Matthew tells that leads to, that leads to Christmas begins by naming God as Emmanuel, God with us. 
But this understanding of Emmanuel began long before the birth of a Savior. The promises that bring hope and love were announced even before Jesus. And this covenant is announced in a newly profound way as we welcome, as we look for a Messiah who comes at Christmas. You see, the uh, prophet Isaiah speaks to people who have been through the very worst of life. They have lived in exile, separated from home and from family, seeming separation from, from God as well as their neighbors. They have seen violence, oppression, the dehumanization of life. But in the most impossible of circumstances, they are returned home to discover possibility, to discover hope through the promise of a life-giving love which God gives. This is where we find ourselves today listening to the prophet's words, where in the face of what seems impossible, the prophet points to God's possibility. It seems like the prophet's words and God's promises are as necessary now as they may ever have been. The faithful task of Advent, our task in Advent, is to listen, is to wait, is to look for signs of Christmas hope in our midst as we travel toward that day. It is to take these words of the prophet and to consider the ways which God is with us, the ways which God is near to us. We might ask questions like, where are God's promises needed in my own life? Where is God creating hope and peace and joy and love today, right now? Now, someone more cynical might say that these seem impossible to expect in human lives. But despite what seems impossible... Where are these really becoming actual now? Because when the prophet says that people will live in peace, that the swords will become plowshares, that spears become tools for pruning, that nations will not learn war anymore, this is not idle talk. It is not tall tales for long ago. Too often, the kind of hope that the, the prophet proclaims is made out to be something that feels shallow or small or impersonal. The preacher, Peter Gomes, felt this sentiment deeply. In his book, The Scandalous Gospel of Jesus, he admitted to a, a genuine dislike of Advent The reason for his dislike, he names, is that while the central theme of Advent is hope, so much of our world and our lives seem to lack hope. He writes, what I find difficult to take seriously about Advent is the note of false rather than authentic hope that is imposed upon people. I know more of humbug than hope, he writes. Humbug I know, humbug I see, the world is full of humbug. Too often hope becomes wishful thinking or 
superficial longings. It is too easy to see humbug, to find darkness, to sense frustration. It's hard enough to find hope in our current circumstances, let alone have hope for a larger future for our world. Peter Gomes tugs on that part of our heart that easily can turn toward the cynical, that part that feels like nothing will ever change, but it is a real experience. It is a real sentiment when we speak of hope. This gut feeling is also true of the people that Isaiah is speaking to. These communities are returning home from exile. They knew the violence of war. They met the hatred of other nations. They have grieved the loss of family to combat and to separation. The prejudice that refugees receive in a foreign land. They lived in oppression as captives of a foreign nation. And finally, after generations, they return home. But home is not what it used to be. Home is broken, buildings ruined, streets impassable. The community structures and supports that they knew were disorganized if they exist at all. And now they return, and as they do, the prophet speaks to them about God's hope. It is more than hope for right now, though, more than their immediate needs. These are people who are living into the hope of God, even when hope looks like a scarce resource. When hope seems impossible is when hope is most necessary, when it is most meaningful. This is the reality that God is making known in Advent. Even when the opportunity for people to thrive looks impossible, to be healthy, connected, supported, when all this looks improbable, God has another answer that began even long before Jesus. That swords become plowshares, that spears become pruning hooks, and the people the people will live together in peace. Over the last couple of weeks, I've been listening to a radio show through a podcast called City of Refuge. It tells the story, recalls the story of a small town in France called Le Chambon-sur-Lyon. The town is about 125 miles north of the Mediterranean coast in the mountains of France. During World War II, the people of Le Chambon did an impossible thing. The small town and a few other villages around it gave refuge to more than 5,000 people fleeing Nazi persecution. More than 3,500 of these people were Jewish. They did it while openly rejecting Nazism and Nazi power, and they did it as a people who are part of a large, complex, hard to understand story. But their story began before the war began. It began with people who are deeply committed to their faith and to the life of their church and to their community around them, 
They expressed their commitment when they walked with people with need, with orphans who lived in a local orphanage. And World War II changed all of these needs, though, and made them graver, larger. It changed as vulnerable people came looking for refuge. These were people who would have otherwise been sent to some kind of internment camp. With France under Nazi control, the punishment for housing refugees was death. Despite Nazi searches and scrutiny, Lachambon quietly, with commitment, sheltered refugees. Jewish children studied with their own children. They knitted and sewed clothes for the people who sought refuge. Entire families were given space in the tight quarters of their homes. They ate even when the residents of Le Chambon didn't know if they had enough food, fuel, or resources to protect all these people. And when German soldiers began to search the town, families would divert them by inviting soldiers into their kitchens to eat, to share meals. They began to share their own resources even with the soldiers. And reading the history of this whole action, it seems impossible. It seems absolutely impossible that almost everybody in these area villages were somehow involved in one way or another, quietly, Some 9,000 people kept this very important and grave secret of the thousands of people housed in their homes. Early in their effort, there was a man who directed a local children's home who was arrested. He was to be sent to a prison. When news spread through the town and a bus rolled in to take him away, the the villagers surrounded the bus and offered an outpouring of love by singing Auld Lang Syne, Till we meet again, people who remember the day remember soldiers in tears. They offered their protection, they publicly expressed their love, they extended their hospitality even to the enemy. And they also began receiving news very quietly of when raids would happen, when soldiers would have to start searching homes they'd find out in advance. And sometimes, when necessary, authorities would begin to look the other way. Even the local pastor, who was threatened by an official to turn over the Jews that they housed, he was threatened with deportation. The pastor, standing with all of his people in the village, said, We don't know what a Jew is. We only know of human beings. The people of Le Chambon clung tightly to a deep, deep hope hope that God's love is stronger than any darkness. A hope that they could act on convictions whose success would be possible even when it seemed impossible. Because a hope that could, it might be a hope that could never be silenced. It's a hope that would not be diminished. And they refused to let their hope be defeated. Even in the face of fear. Even in the face of danger. This is the kind of hope that the prophet Isaiah is speaking of. This is the kind of hope of Advent.
So when the prophet says to us, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord, this is our invitation. It's an Advent kind of invitation. And Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, is with us for the entire journey. Don't we know, don't we need to know this hope that Isaiah is pointing to? Whether we need to know it in small ways or large ways, in personal ways, or ways that affect the entire world. Don't we need this hope that Jesus offers when Christ comes to us at Christmas? What gives me hope waiting for Christmas are these very words of the prophet, this very invitation. For while we wait for the wholeness and the peace that the prophet proclaims, this invitation to walk is a reminder of what the prophet Isaiah offers us. To remember that God is waiting for us to walk with God too. And don't we need the hope that comes from walking with God? For we know the challenges of life's darker places. The hope of Advent will come to us even in our experiences of such darkness. Darkness when life takes a turn that we're not prepared for. Darkness when we experience betrayal from someone else. Darkness when the doctor says results are not good. Darkness when we lose someone beloved and our own light flickers. Darkness when money is tight or food is scarce. Darkness when a job or an identity or some kind of security goes away. Darkness when we feel alone or when we feel lost to others. Darkness when the forces of the world speak hate or violence or hopelessness. These are the kinds of darkness that our world knows, that we know. And the prophet points us to God. who will give us a child. And the child will be named Emmanuel, God with us. So let us hear the words of the prophet. Let us walk in the light of the Lord, for we are never alone. And hope will always always be our guide. Thanks be to God for that gift of hope. Amen.